Our story begins in Pascaluga, Mississippi, with the alleged abduction of two men, Charles Hickson, who was 42, and Calvin Cameron Parker, who was 19. The two had been co-workers for a while and decided on spending some time fishing off a pier on the west bank of the Pascagoula River on October 11, 1973. While out there, the two men began hearing a sound similar to something spinning at a high speed. Not long after this, they noticed two blue lights in the sky. Both were blinking. The lights were eventually seen to be connected to an oval-shaped craft they claimed hovered above the ground, no less than eight feet off of it. They also say the craft itself was around eight feet wide. After this, the story really begins to go off the rails. The men said in various interviews that they were cautious and aware of what was going on, they just couldn't move, most likely due to shock. It was then a door on the craft opened and three creatures floated out. An article about the event states, quote, Three aliens emerged from the ship and floated across the water toward the two men, he said. An ungracious host, Parker fainted. An alien grabbed Hickson by his shoulder with its pincher claw and guided his floating body toward the opening of their ship. Hickson was already paralyzed except for his eyes, sky blue and full of fear. His eyes steadily scanned the interior of the ship, seeking affirmation of its existence. That was just the beginning, however. The beings, said to be five feet tall and flesh-colored, examined Charles with what's been described as a, quote, head-to-toe probe. The probe was an eye shape and levitated just like the strange beings who were doing the examination. Only moments after this, he was taken back to the bank he'd originally been at. Calvin was still unconscious. The two men spoke for a minute about what they should do and decided to go to the police not long after the events took place, and, as you may expect, it wasn't taken very seriously. They first attempted to contact the Keesler Air Force Base, but were told the U.S. Air Force does not deal with reports of UFOs, and they were told to go to the local police. They decided to head for the Jackson County Sheriff's Office, arriving around 10.30 p.m. With them, a catfish they'd caught that night. It was the only thing they had that could prove they were actually at the pier. Fred Diamond, the Jackson County Sheriff at the time, heard their story and was convinced the men were telling the truth. In an article from four days following the event, he was even quoted saying, They are sincere. It's worth noting that the sheriff said this, despite Charles admitting he'd been drinking the night of the abduction. Along with this, many others came forward around this time, claiming to have seen some kind of flying object very similar to the one seen by Charles and Calvin. From the same article, numerous sightings have been reported in about a week across Mississippi, spreading southward from the Mississippi-Tennessee border. Earlier sightings had craft with combinations of red, green, blue, and white colors. Recent sightings contained channel descriptions of a craft in solid yellow or solid blue hues. So all this seems to have been taking place around the time numerous reports were also taking place. Was this a large-scale sighting with these two at ground zero, or was it mass hysteria? That depends on who you'll ask, but we'll look at both sides here. Let's first give these men the benefit of the doubt. 
While their story seems incredibly far-fetched, their demeanor was enough to convince the sheriff we spoke of before. He wasn't the only one, however. The Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, or APRO, sent James Harder, a professor at the University of California, along with Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who represented the U.S. Air Force, to speak further with the men. Charles and Calvin were both given polygraph tests and both passed. Charles's test specifically has come under fire for some time, though. UFO skeptic Philip Klass claimed that the test was performed by someone who was not very experienced, and it should have been administered a second time by someone more wise with the procedure. A second test was never done. With that said, the individual who did administer the test never said the abduction story was fact. They simply said Charles believed it to be. An article quoted Alan Hynek saying, There is no doubt in my mind that these men have had a very terrifying experience. Under no circumstances should they be ridiculed. Let's protect these men. He went on to describe the men as scared to death and shaking all over. To further their credibility, the two men even went under hypnosis to try and relive the events and report any details they may have forgotten. For those unaware, it has been claimed that emotions cannot be faked while under hypnosis. With that in mind, it's strange to read that both the men needed to be taken out of hypnosis while reliving the event because they were said to have been undergoing incredible emotional torture. With that in mind, it's strange to read that both the men needed to be taken out of hypnosis while reliving the event because they were said to have been undergoing incredible emotional torture. One of them was even hospitalized some time later, after falling ill. It was said to have been caused by emotional distress. Finally, I want to talk about the secret tape. This is the last piece of evidence that seems to wrap up the men's story. The tape consists of just under 27 minutes of interrogation, but after that, the police leave the room, and unbeknownst to Charles and Calvin, the recorder that was placed in a drawer was still rolling. Police often do this with suspects when they're left alone. This way, if there is something in the form of a confession of guilt, it will be captured. In this case, though, it was used in an attempt to capture the men in a lie. The audio isn't incredibly clear, but I tried my best to clean it up and transcripts of what is being said will be on screen. As years passed, he went on to claim that he'd had visions come to him that acted as warnings about humanity. In an interview, he said, When something happens to me, I don't give a damn who laughs at me. I'm going to tell the truth, you know? Calvin, on the other hand, seemed to have dropped off the face of the earth. Both men moved to escape the press, but it was said to take an incredible toll on Calvin. He had stayed quiet up until October of 2018, 45 years later. Here is a short clip from an interview he did with Sun Herald in Jackson County. It's clear that he had no interest in sharing the story when it first happened, and from what I can see, he still seems rather shaken up about it. Charles, all the way up until 2001, that's at least the most recent article I can find, continued to speak freely about it, and stands behind his story adamantly. 
He did write a book about the events and state that it includes details that he's never released publicly. Of course, this was met with criticism. Many claim he only did this to gain something as a result of the story, but he denies this. He even said in an interview that various outlets have offered to make a movie about his and Calvin's experience, but he turned them all down. To him, it seems, this isn't about money, but rather getting a message out there. That message is that we're not alone. So, did Charles actually get messages from these creatures all these years later? Or is there a more plausible explanation to it all? If it wasn't a UFO and aliens, what did the men see that night? Did they see anything at all? Personally, I believe this story, while rather sensational, is one of the more interesting cases I've come across. I don't want to outright say it happened because it's just so extraordinary, but at the same time, I find myself having a hard time dismissing it. There is most definitely a discussion to be had here, so I ask that you start one in the comments below. I'll be down there as well, responding to as many of you as I can. Thank you all so much for watching. I just want to take a second to say thank you to everyone who sat down and watched this video and listened to the story of the Pascagoula abduction. It's one of the strangest cases I've ever think I've I think I've ever talked about here on the channel as far as alien abduction goes and the extraterrestrial things and it's not something I dwell into often because it's such a polarizing topic but this one was just too strange to pass up on and I have to thank Swamp Dweller for telling me to look into it. It's an incredibly, incredibly interesting story. I really do want to get a, uh, a discussion started in the comment section below, so please leave your thoughts down there in those comments. While you're down there, drop a like and click the join button if you want to get videos early. It's a dollar a month, helps out the channel, and like I said, you get videos early. If you want to get more rewards, you can head over to my Patreon page and check out the one three, five, or ten dollar tier and pledge over there. If you do, you will join some of the beautiful people you see on screen now and be given a shout out at the end of each video. Thanks again everyone for watching. I hope to see you all very, very